After Jesus died on the cross, the Roman soldiers took him down and gave him over to two men, one of them a Jewish leader who secretly followed Jesus. They prepared his body for burial by wrapping his body in strips of linen. Then they placed Jesus in a tomb. Because they worried that someone might steal his body, the Romans placed a huge stone in front of the tomb and guards outside of it. Then, the next day, Jesus' mother and a follower of Jesus named Mary went to visit the tomb of Jesus. Just as they had arrived, a huge earthquake shook the ground and an angel came down from heaven and rolled back the stone from in front of the tomb and sat on it. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Jesus is not here. He is risen. So the women ran to tell Jesus' closest followers what they had heard. When they heard the news, Jesus' disciples John and Peter ran to the tomb to see for themselves. There, they found only the strips of linen that Jesus' body had been wrapped in. Mary, the follower of Jesus, stood outside the tomb crying. All of a sudden, a man appeared to her. She thought it was the gardener, but when he said her name, Mary. She realized it was Jesus. He was alive. This was the first of many times that Jesus appeared to his friends and followers. At one point, he even invited them to touch the nail scars in his hands so they would believe he was really alive. Not only did they believe that Jesus was alive, but many of them believed that he was the long-awaited Messiah, the one God had promised for years and years. But Jesus let them know that the story was not over yet. Go and make disciples, Jesus told his followers. He commanded them to go throughout all the world to help others know about him and how to live in God's ways. This began an adventure that would change the lives of Jesus' followers forever and change the world. Hey, good morning. My name is Dustin. I'm uh, the lead pastor here at East Point. Uh, and as we do with a tradition uh, that has been going on for literally since the time of the resurrection of Jesus, would you join me in proclaiming this great mystery that is our eternal hope? Christ is risen. Hang on, let's try that again. Christ is risen. And Christ is risen. Today I want to tell you two stories. The first is that of a former adult film star who I will simply call Josh. The second is that of the earliest followers of Jesus. Their journeys have a lot more in common than what you could ever imagine. My prayer today is that they will speak into a third story, your story. Josh was an aspiring actor who had moved to Los Angeles when he was 22 years old. Though he was finding some success as a model and a screen actor, he wasn't making enough to make ends meet. So one day while he was waiting tables in an L.A. restaurant, he was approached by some people in the adult film industry who talked him into giving it a try. While Joshua told himself he'd only do it once for the money, as soon as he did this one scene, his agent immediately dropped him and he lost all of his other work giving him no choice in his mind but to continue in the adult film industry. Before you begin to think that this is a line of work that is glamorous, you need to know that even though Joshua made a lot of money and was very successful, that he was absolutely miserable. 
He became distant from his family and friends and stopped talking to his mother altogether. On the night when he won the most important award in his industry, he skipped out on the celebration and instead was at home lying on the floor crying. In a recent interview, Josh said, I had to put a facade on because I was hurting so bad. I literally wanted to die. Every day he would come home and sit in the shower praying to the God that he didn't yet know that he would simply stop breathing. You could say that Josh was lost and wandering aimlessly. But he wasn't the only one who was wandering. The first disciples of Jesus had banked all of their future following the one who they thought was the Messiah. But less than a week after being welcomed into Jerusalem as a king, Jesus was murdered, crucified at the hands of both the Romans and the religious leaders of his own people. And now three days later, Jesus' body lay dead in a grave. Or so they thought. Luke's gospel doesn't tell us right away, but some of the disciples who we later find out are women go to the tomb and anoint, to anoint his body for burial. But when they show up, the stone had been rolled away and his body was gone. Even more so, a couple of men who we assume were angels uh, wearing clothing that made Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream coat look like old rags showed up and tried to tell the ladies that he had risen from the dead and tried to explain the cross to them. But since they'd seen as many empty graves as you and I have, they struggled to wrap their minds around it. And so they told the 11 disciples, soon to be apostles, about it. But the disciples thought the women were crazy. First time in history that men have ever thought women were crazy, right there. But Peter decided to go and check it out anyway. And so Luke says, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Luke doesn't tell us yet that Jesus had appeared to any of them, simply that Peter went away wondering. The same Simon Peter who had just denied Jesus three days earlier is now wondering what in the world is going on. That maybe there's another chance. And maybe you identify with Peter. You feel like you have let God down with the way that you have lived your life. You feel like you have failed him. Would you take a chance today, just as Audra said, and go running to that empty tomb this morning? If he were here today, I believe that Peter would tell you that he is absolutely glad that he did it. And I think you'll be glad as well. And so just like that, we go from wandering to wondering. And I wonder, have you experienced the wonder of the empty tomb? Maybe you don't have it all figured out yet, but there's something about the empty tomb of Jesus that gives you even an ounce of hope that things could turn out differently than you thought they would. Maybe that's why you're here this morning, because that sense of wonder has always hit you with this Easter story. Well, you remember our friend Joshua? One day in his despair, he went to cash a check 
at the bank. Simple enough, but something happened. Something that he couldn't explain. Something that was so simple, yet it rocked his world. The bank teller looked at the check, his name on it, and called him by his real name, Joshua, which nobody did anymore. He was only known by his screen name by virtually anyone close to him. And when he heard that name, when he heard his given name, something broke in him. And he realized that he needed to change. He went home and called his agent and immediately quit, costing himself thousands of dollars in broken contracts. Within days, he packed up everything and moved back to his mom's home in South Carolina just hoping for a fresh start. You could say that he had gone from wandering to wondering as well. Wondering if he could ever begin again and break away from his old way of life. Wondering if someone would ever take a chance on him again. Wondering if he could ever be loved in spite of everything that he had done. But Luke isn't done with the story of Jesus just yet. He shifts to two people that we know virtually nothing about. They are disciples of Jesus. One is named Cleopas. The other goes unnamed, but many think that it was Cleopas's wife. Luke doesn't tell us who it is, though, I think, because he wants us to find ourselves in this story. Luke tells us, Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing them. And just like that, we see the story go from wondering to walking. So how about this in your story? If you want to go from wondering to walking, it starts by doing this. Understand that Christ has been walking along with you all along. Did you know that there's never been a moment in your life where you were too far from God's grasp for Him to reach you? For Him to take hold of you and to save you? I think looking back, our friend Joshua would agree with that. After moving back to South Carolina, a gym offered to fire him, uh, excuse me, to hire him. And for two years, he lied to everyone about his past. Finally, a girl named Hope came into the gym and asked him two questions. First, do you know who God is? And second, do you have a relationship with him? Joshua didn't realize it just yet, but God was walking alongside of him and guiding this girl's every steps. On the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and his friend were asked a question as well. He, meaning Jesus, asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? I love it when Jesus asks questions like this, don't you? And immediately, their walk took a pause. And the text says that they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, 
are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? I'd like to think that later on in his life, Cleopas looked back at this event and laughed a little bit when he realized he told the Savior and Creator of the whole world, don't you know, are you the only one who doesn't know what's going on? I suspect him and Peter probably shared their boneheaded moments together and had a good laugh about it. But even more hilarious to me is Jesus' response. Jesus simply responds to this question by saying, What things? <laughs> what? What things? I love it. When Jesus asks what things, you know that Jesus isn't asking us questions because he needs to know the answer. But rather, Jesus asks us questions so that we will be able to look for the right answers. And so we see that one day, while on a run with hope, Joshua decided to spill his guts to her and tell her everything about his past. And Joshua said, I was like, I don't want to hurt this person. I'm just going to tell her the truth, and I'm sure she's going to want to have nothing to do with me. Of course, Hope was shocked, but she told, told him that people aren't defined either by the worst thing they've ever done or by the greatest thing they've ever done. Do you know that and believe that today? You aren't defined by the worst thing you've ever done or by the greatest thing you've ever done. She told him, and I tell him, I tell you today, that God defines who you are. And that run turned into a two-hour walk, and a friendship was birthed in Joshua's life for the first time in years. But it was just the start of his journey. And it was just the start for Cleopas and his friend as well. After Cleopas and his friend tried to explain to Jesus on that road what Jesus fully knew had just happened, Jesus finally said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the things the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on, acting as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so Jesus went in to stay with them. They must have been hungry from all their walking, and it was dinner time. And so after someone fixed dinner, it says that when he, meaning Jesus, was at the table with them, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and he recognized them and he dis they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. I love this part of the story too. I wonder, did, did, like the drop, did, the, did the bread just drop to the ground immediately and they didn't know what to do? If Jesus drops the bread and it falls on the ground, is there still a five second rule? Or can you just, can you, can you wait on it no matter how long? But it says that they asked, they asked each other after Jesus disappeared from their sight, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning when we heard that story of the gospel? 
And just like that, the disciples went from walking to wowed. They went from walking to wowed, and you can go from walking to wowed as well. And all you have to do is this, nothing. You see, you don't have to do anything to be wowed, but open your eyes and your ears to the gospel story, the story of Jesus. And so I encourage you today, be wowed by your encounter with the risen Christ. Well, our friend Joshua went from walking to wowed as well. After hearing his story, Hope invited Joshua to Easter Sunday services at a local church where a lot of the gym members attended. And for the first time in his life, Joshua heard the gospel story. And that is the message that he is loved, a message that he is forgiven, the message that it is all possible because Christ died on the cross according to the scriptures. And that for his, he rose again on the de- from the dead on that Easter Sunday. And on that Easter Sunday in 2015, Joshua chose to believe that Jesus is the Christ. That moment changed my life, he said. I was able to relinquish not just the shame and guilt from porn, but the shame and guilt from feeling like I wasn't good enough my entire life. Well, I suppose that would be good enough to simply end the story there, but the Bible doesn't end the story there, and Josh's story doesn't end there either. You see, once we're wowed by the resurrection story, by the resurrected Christ, we have a job to do. And so Cleopas and his friend left immediately and hustled back to Jerusalem. When was the last time you had a message that was so important for you to share that it sent you off running in urgency. Most of the time, those messages are when somebody just got hurt or when they're in danger. But this one isn't about danger. This is a message of hope. And they found the other disciples and began to tell them what had happened. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up in the middle of the room and wows them all. He shows them his hands and his feet and asked for some fish to eat. He was showing them that he was truly resurrected and not just some type of spirit. He was there in the flesh. And so Luke concludes his story by telling us that Jesus told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. And then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And so how did the disciples respond to this message of Jesus? How is it that they responded to the wow that they experienced when they saw the resurrected Christ? Luke tells us right there that they went from wowed to witnessing and worshiping. And we are to take that journey as well. And when we do so, we worship the risen Christ and we become a witness to everyone that we encounter. After Joshua came to Christ, he went into some pretty intense counseling, as you can imagine, to work through all the trauma that he had experienced. A little while later, he got married and is now the father of three sons. 
He felt a call to witness about Christ, and so he went to Bible college and is now, believe it or not, a pastor and shares his story of faith with anyone who is willing to listen. It's remarkable, isn't it? From a hopeless adult film star to finding Christ to being a husband, a father, and a pastor. Well, what would you expect? After all, he is married to a girl named Hope. So how about you? Where are you on your journey? Because only God can take you from wandering to wondering, from wondering to walking, from walking to wowed, and from wowed to witnessing and worshiping. And He wants to meet you on that journey and walk alongside of you. In fact, He already has. Have you opened your eyes to recognize the risen Christ just as our friends Cleopas and Joshua have? No matter how far you feel that you are away from God, what if He is right here next to you? No matter how guilty and sin you feel, He is right here waiting to forgive you. No matter how hopeless you are, He is right here ready to give you a hope greater than you could ever imagine. And so this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Day, would you join with me once again in proclaiming that great mystery that is our salvation? Christ is risen! Christ is risen. And so shall we. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to the tomb amazed and in awe. Of all the tombs that we've come to, Lord, this is the only one that's ever been empty because you have risen from the dead. And so, Lord, we come to you with our lives, recognizing that the only response to an empty tomb, to a resurrected Lord, is to give you our all, to find our salvation in you, and to turn this world upside down with the hope of the gospel message that you have risen from the dead. And Holy Spirit, we know that you now empower us to go and to share this story with the world. And so, Father, we pray that as we are led, that you would continue to help us to be people who are wowed by your resurrection. That we would be people that are so wowed that we can't help but to worship you with all of our hearts and to share you as a witness to everyone that we know. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We lay down our life because you first laid down your life for us. We give ourselves to you now in response to who you are and what you have done, for you have conquered sin at the cross and you have killed death at the empty tomb. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. As we worship together, let's stand together.
If you're a guest with us today, we want to thank you for choosing to worship with us. We're so glad that you did. I'd love to, con- I'd love to just be able to meet you. If you want to introduce yourself to me after the service, I'll be out in the foyer. But we also want to let you know about an event that we have coming up that is for new people to East Point. It's called A Taste of East Point. Uh, and it is a free meal that uh, comes from some of our best cooks here at East Point uh, that uh, we put together. And that's coming up on May 1st after our second service. So right now, basically on May 1st at about 1215, uh, we will invite you. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for that. It's a chance for you to hear more about who we are, our vision at the church, and a chance for you to ask questions as well. So come join us on May 1st for a taste of East Point. We'll have more information about that here uh, in the coming weeks, but just plan that on your calendar if you would. We would love to have you come and join us. So a few other things I want to let you know about. Next Sunday is our Celebration Sunday for our Unstoppable campaign. Our Unstoppable Stewardship campaign that we've had going on here at the church that we just concluded a couple weeks ago. Uh, and this is going to be next Sunday will be our Celebration Sunday. It's a Sunday you won't want to miss as we get to celebrate together what God did through our campaign. Uh, and one more thing, uh, on, sa- on April 30th, Saturday, April 30th, we have our rummage sale here at East Point. If you have some goods that you'd like to sell in order to help out uh, give, give kids scholarships to church camp or to CIY, uh, it's a great opportunity. You can look on our website for all those details. And if you're looking for some good items to purchase and help those kids out, you can also come uh, on April 30th to our rummage sale here at the church and check that out and uh, come and find some goodies as well. I promise you'll come away with at least an armful of stuff if you show up. So. Unless, unless it's the husbands here and that, and then your wives won't get anything. Just go ahead and send them. It'll be fine. Just go ahead. All right. Uh, this is also Scott's last Sunday with us. Scott Russell, our uh, worship minister, has been with us for eight and a half years now. And so he has been transitioning uh, into uh, an IT role at a local business. Uh, and he's been helping us out uh, graciously in that transition. Uh, and so, Scott, we did want to give you a token of our appreciation uh, that uh, I can hold on to you for. It's a little tough to strum the guitar with, um, but that's right, that's right. I'll give you two guesses who made that, so, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a gift from the Barretts and from us as well, and so we're grateful for that. Um, but would you just show Scott a sign of your appreciation for us this morning? <laughs> And as we, as we conclude this service this morning, I just wanted to pray for Scott uh, as we close off. Uh, Father, we just thank you so much for the Russells. We thank you for Scott and for Holly. And we thank you, Lord, that, uh, that they're really not going anywhere, Lord, that they're, they'll be right here 
uh, and uh, just continue to be a part of our congregation. We pray, Lord, for the transition for Scott as he learns a new field, as he uh, grows into his job there. We pray, Lord, for peace for him. We pray for uh, good night's sleep. We just pray for uh, you, to, uh, you to help him in this transition uh, as he helps other people through his job. Uh, Lord, we know that you are faithful, that you are good, that you led Scott here eight and a half years ago, and that you'll lead the right person here uh, next as well. Uh, And we thank you, Lord, for how Scott has grown us, how he has encouraged us and blessed us. And uh, we just pray your blessing upon him, upon Holly, upon the girls. And we just thank you, Lord, for your love for them and for all of us. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, man. All right. And you can be dismissed.